Good morning, welcome to Lifebox Media Channel Radio Podcast. Today is my Steve pleasure to have on music recording artist Billy Lord. How are you today? I'm doing real well. How are you doing? Very good, thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time today to come on the show. Oh, it's it's my pleasure. Um, you actually got me. I was just uh, listening to some some mixes coming back from the studio. I've been I've been working on a, a new album here. I'm about two thirds of the way through, and I'm I'm really loving what I'm hearing. Awesome, that's fantastic. I mean, how you been holding up through all this stuff going on right now? Is this your creative juices working to make up for it? <laughs> you know, it, for for me, you know, I, I've kind of been off the radar for for about three and a half years since my last single. And uh, there's there's just there's a lot of reasons for, for that, a lot of stories to tell. Um, but you know, coming to Nashville, Nashville is is a cruel mistress sometimes, and um, it, it you know I learned a lot. I'll just say that in the last few years, and unfortunately, um, I kind of had to to wait out uh, a contract before I could record again. And and so the creative juices have been flowing for me the whole time. I just haven't been able to get in and record or perform as much as i would like so i've just been working a ton um i'm i'm, I'm supporting this entire album myself i'm I, i'm literally every paycheck is going into the studio right now I, I i take a little stipend for myself for food and everything but everything else is going back in the studio because um, i'm doing everything independent and uh so i'm just working a lot and and you know the, the whole pandemic you know has been such a tragedy really for live music and for the music industry in general, um, which is already a tough industry to be in. Right. Um, yeah. And, uh, it's been hard for a lot of people, but I can't say honestly that it's been difficult for me because I've really needed the time. And I think that when I listen to these songs and, and, um, you know, how they're coming out, I have never spent so much time, um, editing songs, really thinking over arrangements, um, adding, you know, layers of vocal stuff, um, composing really for the for the first time ever um typically when i've recorded in the past and a lot of it had to do with how i kind of started playing in the first place which was kind of crazy um it, it's really been a rush rush situation so my first two albums you know we probably did every song on those first two albums in about two and a half three hours wow. and yeah and it and, and in this case you know we're, we're doing the new album here and it'll probably take us about two months instead of three hours you know to, to, to really to do the whole album which still isn't isn't terribly long but um you know I, i've got just some great people that i'm working with um mitch dane is producing the album out of you know sputnik sound and nice. sputnik yeah sputnik is is put you know chris stapleton stuff out and what i like about them is they do all different genres of music um they did all jack white stuff for the raconteurs and white stripes and you know anything from Willie Nelson to the Dixie Chicks too on the country spectrum. So um, and you know Mitch won Grammys with uh, Jars of Clay. So um, he, he kind of you know spans that whole musical spectrum in a real nice way. And you know my music is is uh, a really a fusion of a lot of different styles. Um, so Mitch is a, a really great producer for me. We we've really nailed down a sound, and um, I think. You know, for, for fans of mine that have been here for the first two albums and that have been waiting super, super patiently, I might add, um, I think that they're really going to see a lot of growth, a lot of growth for me vocally. Um, this time away has been a time for me to practice, a time for me to improve. And just the quality of the songs, the quality of the production, I'm really excited. 
you know, for people to, to, to get a listen. I can dig that, man. And, and let me ask you a question. And it also helps. Sometimes, you know, you got to be the guy holding the steering wheel, so to speak. you got to be the guy driving the boat because, you know, sometimes, man, people don't get your vision. And, and I know in this business, that can really be hard if it just doesn't, you know, or kind of halfway or whatever. So I can dig that. But let me ask you a question on that part. Now, you being a, a singer and a songwriter, you know, are you, I asked every one of my one of my singer songwriters is, are you one of these cats that kind of sits down and says, I'm going to write today? Or is it when the spirit moves you or you hear a hook? or what, What's your deal on that, man? Is it all the above? That's a, that's such a great question because I, I think that, you know, every creative person has a different answer. And, um, you know, when I, when I started making music, um, and my backstory is, is pretty fascinating. I was in New York City and I was working in, in newspaper publishing and I got laid off in 2008 when the economy at the wall I ended up basically working three jobs that didn't have an apartment. I was working homeless for almost two years. And in that time, I started teaching myself to play the guitar. And right from the beginning, um, I, I would hear these songs and, you know, I, I literally taught myself to play guitar figuring out the songs I was hearing in my head. And for me, it was kind of like this weird radio station that every now and then I'd, I'd tune in and I'd get this frequency and I'd hear the song and I would, you know, I, I just had this theory, no matter where I was or what I was doing, if I got that inspiration, I, I viewed it as lightning in the bottle and you need to stop what you're doing, no matter what it is, and give yourself over to that moment of creativity. And my style of writing has not changed terribly since then. I prefer to write when inspired. I'm not a guy, typically, even though I, I've really tried hard to, to say, okay, I'm going to take this hour and, and write a song. It doesn't work as well for me in my experience. I know it works for a lot of people. Um, I also have a lot of difficulty co-writing. And I don't know what that is. I, it's something that when I came to Nashville, everyone's you got to co-write. And... You know, I, I had some great opportunities to write with some people like Kirsty Mana, who wrote um, Blake Shelton's Austin, right. and, uh, and 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 I basically, you know, when I came to that session, I had a song already written in my, you know, like, and I was like, I was like, well, how about this? Is how about this idea? And you know, that's the way it went for me. More often than not, I almost felt like I would bring a song into a session, and that would end up being the song that we do. And I was like, well. You know, and when I did try to co-write with people, it, it just, it, I never really meshed for me. I, I think it's a very personal experience, and um, I think you should write for yourself, from your heart, from what inspires you, like really, really, truly inspires you. And sometimes I'll go a, a couple of months and, and nothing will hit, and I'll start getting frustrated a little bit. But then I'll write like six songs in in, in the matter of a couple of weeks. So. It's just a crazy thing. <laughs> wow. That's, well, you know, the thing of it is, though, is, and I always joke and say, not everybody's Lionel Richie and sits down and writes Lady in 20 minutes, you know? I mean, yes, you exactly. Know, exactly. You know? Well, what's, fu what's funny is that I do end up writing a lot of songs in that time period, though. Like, I'll write wow. them quick because they'll come, they'll come, like like I said, almost like a, is a radio station and I hear the song, I hear everything, I hear the bass, I hear the guitar, I hear the finished song in the mo for the most part, and I'll, I'll chart everything down and, and start working it. Now, one interesting, this is really fascinating to me at least, I moved to Nashville about six years ago now, and I, I you know, loaded up the U-Haul with the band, it's that story, we, you know, found a house on Craigslist, you know, kind of sight unseen, and just came here, um, actually signed a management deal, and, and they were like, you need to come here, so, you know, I did with, with the band, and 
we got here one night and literally rolled into town um, and played a show. Like we pulled the U-Haul up to the bar and played a show, and then drove another thirty minutes out out of town to where our house was. And I remember, you know, just getting there so exhausted and just wanting to go to sleep. I think I slept on the floor that night. And I woke up in the morning and I, I had this cool little um, cabin and it faced back in the woods and had a little uh, porch out in the back. And it was a one room cabin. And we actually used to have our rehearsals in there. And I would I, I lived there, too. Like it was like my bedroom was basically our, our practice area. And uh, so I, I walk out the, the back door in the morning the first morning I was there and I wrote this song and I loved it, but I, I, I didn't love the chorus. And, um, so I just kind of tabled it and I'd go back every now and then and think, man, that's such a great song, but I just can't get the chorus right. Well, I mean, that song stayed with me for six years and about a month before I, you know, had talked to Mitch and played some for Mitch and he wanted to, he's like, we, we want to work with you on this album. Um, I was starting to really think about songs for the album and, and this song came back to me and all of a sudden the chorus was there and it was there so strong and so right and so good and I brought it in I remember bringing it in to Mitch and playing it for him and he's like oh yeah and it was literally the first song that we recorded but it took six years for, for whatever reason <laughs> for that chorus to, to just hit like that and then you know we went in recorded it and um, you know as I'm doing as I'm playing back some of these mixes that are coming back it's 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 my favorite song so far it's it's a it's just a fun song so so is Crazy. this, this going to be the first yeah. song that's out on this album? Um, you know I don't I, I'm I, that's another that's a struggle too you know any any artist every song that's come out like I want to release every single one I'm like oh that that's a single that's a single that's a single I, I'm just you know I'm so excited and. You know, I, I've, I've talked to a lot of people, you know, what, what is success for you? And when I came to Nashville, I would have answered it a lot differently. You know, and having been close, you know, so close um, to what many would consider, you know, success here in Nashville. And then having things kind of unravel and fall apart for a couple of years. You know, you, you just change your mindset. And I remember sitting down with my first, first producer when I got to Nashville, my first producer here. And I played him a song, and he's like, no, no. I played him another song. He's like, no, no, no. Played him another, another, another. I'm, I'm not playing him like 30 songs. I was like, I was like, dude, these are these are my best material. I don't. I mean, I could play more songs, but that's the best I got. I know. And he's like, well, you got to start writing for Nashville. And I didn't even know what he meant by that. But he said, you know, just he's like, listen to the highway, listen to the new music that's coming out, and you know, just have that shape your your perspective and how you write. He, he was saying you write to LA. I don't, I don't even know what that means still to this day, but he's like, you write to LA, you gotta, you gotta write more Nashville. So I listened, you know, um, to what was going on in the scene and I, I absorbed some of that. And, uh, I was really having some anxiety about it. Cause I was like, man, you know, I got, I guess I gotta write a hit. So, um, I was stressing one night, I fell asleep and I woke up at three o'clock in the morning and I had this song in my head, and it was uh, it would end up being Netflix and Chill, which was a, a single that I released right. here in Nashville, and went you know Music Row Top 100 that song. Um, but I, I woke up in the middle of the night and I had this idea and this concept, and so in this case I knew I wanted to include movie lyrics in, I mean movie titles in the lyrics. So I Googled like romantic comedies and action adventure. I looked at all these titles that I felt like 
could be part of a sentence or part of a line and it, and it really literally came like super super quick and that song has 18 different movie titles in the lyrics and i always think it's fun for people to listen and see see if they can name them all and most people get like 16 there's two that are real are more challenging um but anyway i wrote that night i charted it I, I did a little acoustic version you know in the morning and i i, I texted that to my producer and he immediately was like, you need to come in and record that like yesterday. That's that's the song. That's the song that's going to break you through. So, you know, we went in and recorded that. And, and that session was a, was a great session. I did three songs in that session. One was called Rise. The other was called Give Me One Kiss. I, I never really released it. Kind of soft release Rise, but I never really released it. It's one of my favorite songs. Um, but Netflix came out and... Everybody was like, "Man, this is this is going to be huge!" And you know, I had this team of people, and I I just had a lot of people, you know, like a lot of people around me at that time. I mean, they were everywhere, and um, I started feeling for the first time since I started playing music, which was kind of a you know saved me in a hard time. It was just something I really enjoyed. It you know, you can go and do a lot of things when when you lost everything and. I think music is probably one of the best things you could possibly fall into. And so it was the first time I actually felt pressure. I felt like there was a lot of people that now were expecting like, okay, Billy, you know, it's time to be a star. This is right here for you. And, and that um, really probably was the beginning of the end of my first run at things in Nashville, because, you know, I, I, I just started feeling like I was doing the, the things I didn't want to do for for everyone else instead of doing what I wanted to do for me. So um, when you do that, you start making bad decisions. And, you know, when I say Nashville, you know, can be a cruel mistress and that that's the truth. Um, yeah. You know, when that, when that song came out, um, I borrowed money from a, not a bank. <laughs> I'll just say that. And, um, you know, this not a bank was not very, uh, very not it was you know it was not a above board deal um and i had to you know i got the money cash i had to pay it back in in a year plus a lot a lot of interest and um or i Sylvester, only or did Sylvester it. stallone comes around as rocky to visit <laughs> I, mean, you know. I, I let me tell you i was nervous i was so nervous you know uh that i would be not in a good place um I but i did it i did it because mm -hmm. I, you know, I was like, well, I didn't come to Nashville to not go for it. Right. I have this song. People are telling me, my managers, my handlers, everybody's telling me that I need, you know, to get a good radio promoter and, and really go for it. So that money that I borrowed, um, pretty much it all went to the radio promoter. And I can remember a few days before, um, and that was a big check. That was that was a five figure check. That was a big check. Mm. And I remember, yeah. And I remember um, three days before the single, like I released it to radio um, through, and I'm trying uh, CDX, and they they digitally send your songs to every radio station along with you know Luke Bryan and uh, all the Dirk Bentleys of the world, and right. there's just a few artists like me that are are not really. Um, heard of at that level um, that they rarely play but you know with a radio promoter you hope that they have those connections with you know those radio programmers the, the program directors 
that they can get your music heard. Right. So that's why that's why you hire them. And um, three days before, you know, they're just I wasn't getting any communication back. There was no plan. I, I you know I kept saying, "What are we doing? How is this you know going to roll out?" So I had um, already done the motorcycle cross country motorcycle tour. Um, I was I was very fortunate to be able to get on a motorcycle and ride across the country for six months and write 24 songs a few years back. And that was my second album. Well, to promote this song, I, I went back to, you know, to that plan and I just got back on the motorcycle. I was like, okay, we're going to, we're going to do 30 radio stations in 30 days. So I was just on the bike, like from one state wow. to the next. That's um, and I, people, excuse me, people don't realize how, look, I used to ride a bike a long time ago, but that's a lot. You're tired when you get off your bike doing that kind of ride, man. That's crazy. It, it is. It is crazy. I mean, I think, you know, that first time I was out on the bike, I was out there for six months. I think that that kind of prepared me, you know, to do that. But it was it was it was very exhausting. You're absolutely right. Like I would get, you know, and, and it was always at drive time. So sometimes it'd be like as early as six in the morning, some <laughs> six, seven. And I was I was beat to, to hell. And. But, you know, I met, I met the program directors. I was able to, you know, get them to play the song. I would play the song live. They would interview me. And, you know, I felt like on, you know, on the tail of all that effort, you know, we were able to get the song in the top 100. But it didn't do as well as the duet that I had done before, which was number 39. Um, it was a top 40. And so that was, it was a disappointment, but I also owed all that money. So... You know, thing, things kind of got ugly at that point. I I basically lost um, my band, and uh, I went from having a lot of people around to just being by myself. And uh, I had to make some money to pay that back, so I just started working. I, you know, just working, 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 working. And during that time, I was trying to get out of the contract that I was in, and um, that person would not let me out of the contract. And so I spent... I waited it out, you know, I waited it out and I, and I worked and, and I made the money to, to pay, pay that back. Um, and then to start saying, okay, if I have to do this on my own and I want to do it at a level that I've always dreamed of, you know, I know I'm gonna have to work and I'm gonna have to save. So, you know, it was 60, 70 hour weeks, the, the last, you know, three, three years. And really built, I built kind of a career in, you know, I make enough money now where I can do this album. Um, but it's been a journey and, you know, I'm just, I'm a, a different person going, walking into the studio than I was, you know, years ago doing it. Well, and I appreciate you sharing the story, man, you know, it, it, because it's, it's hard and huge preps, huge props to you for, uh, you know, I know what it was like to live on the street. So, you know, I, I did that for not quite as much time as you did, but in the Northeast during, uh, the winter time. So I know it wasn't, uh, no picnic, and uh, as far as the fact yep. of the guitar thing, you make me jealous, man, because I own one, but I damn sure can't play it. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, but, but I mean, it's it's really crazy because I, I you address something. Uh, Mark Farnham from uh, Grand Funk Railroad, you know, and I talk about where you know back in the old days you used to go in and you talk to the local DJ and on the radio, and they'd spin your record if you were pals or whatever, and you could get it started. And none of that's the yeah. same anymore. You know, I mean, it's, it's, you just literally gave a lesson in how things go, uh, to kind of get your records out there and that kind of thing. And and, it, and it's a lot different. God knows I wish it was like it used to be in a way, but I mean, yeah. you know, 
But, um, you know, it, it's a lot of work. It's not, you know, you really are busting your butt behind the scenes, in front of the scenes, and everything else to get your songs out there to break the top 40. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it's, that's, a, that's exactly on the money right there, um, literally. <laughs> um, and and it's, it's become obviously about money, but, you know, I, I just, I have a, a very strong feeling. I started to talk about success and, you know, success for me is, is making music I love, you know, and as these songs are coming back to me from my producer, you know, I'm so happy. I mean, it's a happiness that I never had when I first came to Nashville because I just know that, you know, I know the quality of it, you know, I'm going to get it out there. And, right. you know, it's, it's at that point, it's kind of like, it's in God's hands, whatever his plan is for me. I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm content. I got a good life. I want to keep making music. And I, I said that to somebody yesterday, you know, all I really want from this album is the ability to make another one and then that one to make another one. And if I can do that, I would love to make an album a year until the day I died. I just really love the process of, of the writing. I love the process of getting in, in the studio. And, I've, you know, you mentioned the guitar. I, you know, I'm. this is the first time that I've actually played guitar on one of my final tracks it's usually been the studio guy who takes what i what i did and and was like well let me do it right (laughs) you know and um it was really funny because i'm in with justin shipper and you know he's been on all kinds of recording recordings he he's up for an acm this year he is so brilliant with that with the guitar he is just brilliant and I remember here about two weeks ago, I came in and it was actually that first song that I was telling you I wrote here when I moved here. And I played him, you know, the, the riff um, that runs through the whole song. And he's like, he's like, uh, he's like, that's crazy. <laughs> he's like, that's, he's like, I can't play that. He's like, cause it's so unorthodox. He's like, it doesn't make any sense. He's like, but it's phenomenal. He's like, it's like, he's like, it's like Jimmy Page. He's like, it's like a, and I said, maybe that's because I was never formally trained. Nobody told me you have to do this and you have to do that. Um, But he's like, he's like, you have to play that on his track. He's like, I'll play everything else. But he's like, you have to play it. He's like, literally no one else can play that but you. He's like, because it's so weird. So I did. Um, and, and it's on the recording. And then, you know, that, when I heard that on the album, I was like, man, you know, that doesn't sound so bad. And, and then we did this song, uh, last week, which is actually my, my most favorite song I've ever recorded so far. And I mean, I've recorded what, about 32 songs now. And, uh, I, I, when I heard it first, when the guys were playing the studio session and I was like, this is perfect. And I don't know if I'll ever have a, a musical perfect moment like that ever again but you know just to have it once is such a thrill and it's called remote control and um it's it just and i ended up playing on that on that track too and it just you know it feels good to know that you know i've come that far that you know i'm able to play on on these tracks that you're going to hear and uh that that meant a lot to me too you know i think that's a great album title you know, I think yeah. that's a great album title, especially with your story. Remote Control yes. is kind of a great album title. You know, when when I used to go buy an album in the day, you know, when you held it in your hands and all those good things, and you'd see it on the cover, yep. that would have been something I would have sit there and said, damn right. That's, you know, especially hearing your story now, 
that have been that, yeah. I think that's a badass title, buddy. I mean, right it, there. It can, <laughs> you know, I, I hadn't thought of that for an album title, but you might you might be convincing me here. <laughs> I, it, it's it's a very kind of darker song, you know, because of what it's about, and um, it, it's it's literally one of those songs that I think a lot of people are going to be like, oh man, do I if I felt that? Do I know that? You know, and it's basically about about an you know your an ex you know putting these posts up you know uh, uh, veiled posts about you and stuff and like just you know trying to keep keep hooks kind of in you and, and drive you nuts and play games with you and stuff and and i i like to think that the lyrics are, are really well written and and the musicianship that went behind it and it was one of the songs even when i was playing it on the acoustic i was like you know this song that just the sound of it matches the lyrics matches you know what the song's supposed to be to, to evoke in people so when we got in there and and these guys brought in you know justin shipper like i said on the electric guitar it, it, he just nailed it so perfectly and even when it when we did the first pass i was like we're done i told mitch i was like we're done that's that's i can't even imagine anything better than that and i you know i came from you know like you i, I was like a always in the music store as a, as a kid and a teen. I never thought I'd be playing ever, not in a million years. And I was obsessed with going in and, you know, looking at the album art and, but I was a metalhead, you know, growing up. Um, I, I, as a young kid, I grew up in Oregon and people don't realize, but that was like, it was a country and Western. So like it, when you lived in Oregon back in the seventies, when I was growing up, it was like, you know, you listen to country. And, um, but then when I got to be a teenager, my parents moved me up to the Northeast and, uh, I was, you know, all about the metal and that that's really where I cut my teeth. So when we did a song like remote control and I was able to say, you know, I was hearing a little bit of a, a real heavy guitar in this, you know, really, you know, a lot of sustain and, and, uh, and we, he brought that and I was just thrilled. I was like, man, I don't know if anyone else is going to like this song because it has that in it, but maybe they will for that reason too. You know, it's so different than what, anybody's coming out with in, in country right now. Now, let me ask you something about that, Billy, is, is that now, you know, when you were growing up, you said you listened to Metal Man. Who were some of your influences growing up in music, man? What'd you dig, man? I loved, I loved like Ozzy and Metallica and ACDC and Megadeth and, I mean, a lot of bands that people would not believe, you know, that I I was obsessed. Anthrax, like, I'm all that stuff. Uh, I, I love, but and I'm not afraid to admit this in public, but I also really just love the hair metal stuff too. Um, I love Poison and I love Motley Crue. I still listen to Motley Crue all the time. Um, Guns and Roses, you know, these are these are bands that I just loved. And you know, sometimes I'll I'll hear things that I write, and I'll I'll hear you know those influences really clear on some of that stuff. That's awesome, and, and hey man, those are all legendary bands, and you know, and and people don't give enough credit to the hair bands, you know, and they can say what they want, but they first of all they sold a lot of a lot of albums, so whatever, and uh, second right. of all, and sold out a lot of stadiums, whatever. Yes. And <laughs> yes. So, so that brings it when you can say, look, man, there's about a fifteen year span, especially about an eight year span there that they own the charts in the stadiums. Uh, you know, you can't argue with that. So, but I mean, no. um, here's the thing though. People want to criticize the Bee Gees too, but yeah, say, well, that was a really rough deal for them. They bless their hearts. They made a little bit of money. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, and they're so brilliant too. Like, I mean, I don't, I can't, there's no music that you're ever going to hear me, you know, diss or uh, there's no style of music. Like, 
you know, good music when you hear it, you know it's good. Right, exactly. <clears throat> now I'm gonna ask you a little bit, a couple of. <clears throat> excuse me, my my throat's getting dry from doing so many shows. Um, I'm gonna ask you a couple of little fun questions just to kind of throw some things out there. One of them was because you were talking about movies and stuff like this. So okay, so um, just is is a couple starting off with one steak or lobster. Steak. Nice. But I do love lob. I do love lobster. But I, I mean, if I have to have a choice, it's got to be steak. A good steak. Country, <laughs> country or rock. Country rock. Country or rock. Because that's what I. That's what I play. Uh, is country rock. So I, I mean, it's <laughs> wow, it's a mixture right of both. It's a mix. <laughs> I mean, I, on, honestly, you know, I mean, country is is become such a strange genre that you know everything. You know, Jason Aldean and. Brantley Gilbert, I listen to a lot of their stuff because they bring in the heavier rock guitars in it. Right. Um, and I love that. I love that that melding of the country and the rock. And that's you know that's what cool. I do. I probably probably leans a little more towards rock. So I probably would have to if I had to pick one. I probably would lean more to rock. I, I got you on it. Comedy or horror? Comedy. Um, but I, for whatever reason, have been watching a lot of horror lately. I, I you asked that question. That's interesting. I've I, I've been just into the horror lately but i would say in general comedy i, I love i love a good laugh and i love being silly, to get silly because i i tend to be real serious i'm serious at work you know when i'm a boss and I, I, people think i'm real serious when i write and you know when i perform uh it's pretty you know i think it's pretty intense i, I bring a, a good energy to the stage but people don't see me cut up very much but man i love to cut up and i love to laugh and, and if i get laughing it's gonna be hard to get me to stop <laughs> You got a favorite movie or two out there? You know, I'm I'm a I'm an old school kind of comedy person, like and I like Tommy Boy and like Caddyshack and love Caddyshack. <laughs> yeah, I, I go I go back on those and I'll watch those again and again. And you know, I I I think a lot of the comedy and you could say this probably about music and everything is that these days I feel like I mean you know. There, there was some base humor, and and that's you're always going to have that. But I feel like now, like a lot of the comedy movies, just there, it's a lowest common denominator kind of stuff, and right. it just feels it feels kind of turned out and not you know, not a real passion behind it. You know, you had a, a lot of those. We, it's funny in the studio we were talking about comedy, and we were talking about you know Dave Chappelle, and we were talking about I love George Carlin. I think you oh know, my it's, God, he's great. It's, I love George Carlin. Yeah, I mean, because he, it's smart humor. It's smart. It's like makes a social commentary and, you know, you laugh, but then afterwards you're like, oh, oh, wow. You know, he's actually right. <laughs> Scary, but he's right. Everybody gets so, a trophy. Yeah. Is that not 30 years early? <laughs> Everybody gets a trophy. That's right. Uh, I mean, I have a, a manager that I work with and, you know, we've been talking about how hard it is, you know, to hire people. And we talk about that. Everybody gets a trophy. Everybody gets a trophy. So <laughs> that's, that, that's great. You know, I, I'll, I'll love to put on a little Sam Kinison or, or George Carlin and I'm off to the Oh, yeah. Show. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So, that's definitely Some good stuff right there. Uh, we'll have to exchange. I got a couple. I got a couple of great clips off to send you uh, off the air sometime. You'll laugh hysterically that, that I was at a long time ago. So you'll, you'll dig it. But um, oh, so, please do. Please so, do. So, so horror wise. What's your horror deal, man? What, what what were you watching recently? Um, the uh, the Conjuring. Ah. Um, and man, I'll tell you that those I watched all of them. You know, I just got in the mood. I watched I watched all of them, and I mean, they 
they creeped me out pretty good. I think my my all time favorites, and again, I, I mean, I have to I have to give it to the old school guys. Um, is uh, the Omen really freaked oh, me yeah. out? Still does the Omen like Ch- Children of the Corn? So freaks me out. Um, and there's the, the one. Uh, what was, was her name? Um, you know the Linda Blair with the head spinning around. The Exorcist. Oh, what was that? Lin- Linda Blair. The, the Exorcist. The love that you brought oh, that my, up. She loved the. Oh my god. I mean, that's scary stuff. And honestly, I mean, even if you go way back and uh, and you look at um, at, at uh, Norman Bates and and Hitchcock, um, you know Psycho. that that Psycho. one. Yeah, Psycho. Psycho. I mean, I would challenge anybody who's yep. young to watch Psycho yes, and 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 say that that's not as scary as anything you're going to see that anyone's doing now. Without a doubt, so, my friend. Without a doubt, you you just made my day. Like I said. Linda Blair's a French. Just so love the fact that that was just brought up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she's she's brilliant. I had I had a crush on her, which is so weird, right? Because she's throwing green throw up up. Her head spinning around. And I'm like, eh, she's kind of hot. <laughs> and I think I think it's been my curse ever since. You know, I. I there you go. Hey, get yeah. in line, pal. There was a long line for that too. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Oh, I know. You know. I know. I mean, you know, <laughs> that that that's great. You know. Okay, so and another one: dinner and dancing or a movie. Oh uh, man, um, I would prefer dinner and movie. I don't uh, if I have my choice because uh, I, I always like to week. eat. Second person this yeah. week to intermingle them together. Well, I mean, I always want to eat. Like, you know, I, I'm, I like to, I like to eat. I love to cook. You know, I, I really do. I've got two good friends that are just amazing chefs, and they've kind of rubbed off on me. And I, I've learned a lot. My mom was a great cook, so I, I enjoy the process of of cooking and eating and experiencing food. So that's that's at the top of the list. But um, I mean, I'm not a dancer for sure. I'm a, I'm a horrible dancer. So that kind of, you know, I, no, that's not gonna happen. I'll give, you, I'll give you the last one: beer or whiskey? Yes, sir. Beer or whiskey? Whiskey. Um, right. I I used to be, you know, I think everybody kind of grew up, you know, drinking the beer. Um, and as I as I as I mature here, I really prefer. I love bullet. Bullet's my drink, um, and it's just you know I'll put one chip of ice in it and swirl it around a little bit and smell it and you know experience it like food you know it's it's a it's got its own bouquet and you know it does the job a little faster <laughs> you know now, you I, don't, I don't have time to waste <laughs> right you're like me with scotch same exact thing man same exact thing but i mean um, yeah so so let me ask you a question as far as you get back on the music thing is man um you know actually actually first one is what was been what have you been doing that's outside of work to relax, man. Have you Netflixed it? Have you walking? What's been your deal outside I, of it, man? I still ride my motorcycle. Um, and I actually am going to ride my motorcycle after we're done here. Um, I've been working, putting in extra hours this weekend. It's about 80 degrees. Um, and I am, right? I'm, I'm getting on the bike. I'll probably ride for about three hours. But that's, you know, that's the thing that clears my mind. I actually write... Um, there's a song I love off, off National Anthem, which is my second album. It's called Feel the Loss. And I wrote that song on the motorcycle between St. Augustine and Daytona on A1A. And uh, that's some of my best creative time because, you know, I'm not listening to music. Your head is is, is clear as it's going to be because when you're on that bike, you know, every one of your senses is heightened. Um, right. 
you know, because it has to be, you know, and that's the thrill of riding the motorcycle, really. Um, so, yeah, that's that's where I am. I'm either I'm either on the motorcycle or, or actually playing the guitar. And a lot of people, you know, are like, oh, you, you know, you do that for fun, too. I'm like, yeah, it's just, that's why I do it. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, when I pick up the guitar, it's it feels good. Like I feel my blood pressure go down the minute that guitar sits, you know, on on my thigh like i just feel like my blood pressure go down and you know it just always sounds so beautiful to me so you know and there's always something new and i love playing different guitars because i i've always had this theory that like you know different guitars all have a different tone different sound and right. you you hear different songs when you play in a different tone a different type of guitar um and for a writer like I always recommend that, you know, just, just take, pick up a different guitar. I mean, I write a lot on a dobro and, you know, I, I, I strum it, but it, it just makes me think different things. It makes me feel different things. I hear different things. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, it's either a motorcycle or I'm playing the guitar. Man, that's, that's awesome, man. So where can everybody find you on social media? Well, you know, I'm on, I'm on Facebook on as Billy Lord. Um, I had an artist page and I had to take it down a couple years ago because um, I had I was forced to. Um, but they could still get me at Billy Lord. I'm, I'm, I think I'm over the friend limit right now. But everybody can get me on Instagram at Billy Lord Music, and um, you know we'd love to to have everybody kind of along for for the ride here in the next chapter because I think. I really, I really think people are going to love this this new album, and I'm not just saying that because every every artist says that. But you know, I'm I'm my worst critic, always, and I just really love what we're doing. I really love it. Oh, uh, you know what, man? Here's the thing: is that you know the ideas. So we have an idea, by the way, when the first single's coming out. Uh, well, the whole album will be done probably the second week of June. Um, I'll probably release a song. Um, Probably by July, I would think I'd, re I'd release a single, and then I'm, I'm probably going to release um, a single every couple of months. And uh, and have the album, I'm hoping will be ready for for fall. Uh, so we'll probably do like a pre-order sort of sort of deal and get people excited with the, with the single. I, I mean, there's a lot of people waiting um, that you know have been awesome, just being so patient. And I and I've been impatient too. I just want to I just want to get back out there. Now, Billy, let me ask you a question. Now, one, will you come back on the show when you release the single? Of course, I would I love it. I appreciate that, man. That's awesome because I'd love to. Can't wait to hear it. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, you, you've got some really good music out there. I suggest you guys go check him out on YouTube or whatever. Go buy his go buy his previous music because he's got some really badass stuff out there. And uh, you know, I, I'm glad. You know, you were a little bit on my radar before, but you got put on my radar in recent time. And I am so glad that you got a chance to stop by and take some time on Lifebox Media Channel because uh, it has been such a blast talking to you, man. And I'm really looking forward to hearing your uh, single and your album out. Thank you. I mean, it's been an absolute pleasure. I think this is the most fun I've ever had on an interview, so I appreciate you making it making it that way. Do you want to, you want to say anything out there to your fans that have been back to you from the beginning? We're in 50 countries that with active listeners. Do you want to say anything to your fans out there who have been with you from the beginning well, or brand-new fans now? Yeah, I mean, I... I just appreciate everybody, and I and I mean that from really the bottom of my heart. Like anybody that takes the time to listen, you know, just know that I'm working hard, you know, and I I, I do appreciate every everybody who takes the time, you know, because there's a lot of artists out there, and you know everybody's competing for years, um, but my my fans have been you know really really amazing, patient, you know, uh, dedicated. Um, and they've just been really helpful in passing it along to other people. Say, hey, check check this out. So, 
you know, I, I know a lot of artists um, I've seen, I've witnessed this personally where, you know, artists are, they get a little too big for their britches and, you know, they, but you're blessed if you have one fan, you know, for every, it's a, it's, it's a blessing. And I, and I look at everybody that, that offers that kind of love and support as, as a blessing. I, I get it. Trust me. I get it. Um, I know what it means, you know, when somebody listens to your music and that's really all it's about, you know, it's nothing more than that. I, I'd like to, to give a shout out, um, to John Schneider though, speaking of that, because, you know, having played a couple, couple of shows with him, to that end, I think I've, I've never seen anybody who appreciates his fans and treats it as more of a blessing than John. So he's been a reminder um, to me, you know, just just how special that that relationship is. And he gives time to everybody. And he's great. Probably one of the most gracious human beings I've ever met. So I'm looking forward to playing with him again here May 23rd, I think. Uh, at at, at uh, Bo's Extravaganza, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. We'll be in Camden, Camden, Tennessee. So I'm really looking forward to that show. And and, and I and I'll tell you, thank you for bringing that up. I appreciate that because I almost missed it. I had it on my mind, but we were on a great roll. So I appreciate you bringing that up. And John's yeah, great yes. friend of the show, and he's been on the show. And uh, him and Alicia are fantastic people. And I always love having John on the show. A matter of fact, I always say I'm going to have Alicia on next time too because she works her butt off too. So <laughs> she, she she she's amazing. She's amazing too. Like I I I really, you know, I can't say enough. Just that what gracious, in, incredible people they are, and they do so much. You know, I, I man, they get me tired just watching them. <laughs> right on, right, exactly that. Yeah. So, so you're, gonna, you're 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 going to be at Bo's Extravaganza. That's where people can check you out. Uh, and I believe it's yes. uh, the twenty first through I think the twenty third. I think it is, but in whatever uh, that is it yeah, whatever that Saturday is, I'm playing right in Camden, Tennessee. That's May twenty first, twenty second, twenty third. Go check out May twenty second. Uh, make sure to go check out Billy Lord out there and uh, go to Bo's Extravaganza. Do you have it on your Facebook as well? Um, I do, um, so they can find it there. I'll be posting a lot more about it in the in the coming days, and I I got a couple of little you know promo videos and stuff that I'll be releasing on there, and I, I'm I'm gonna tease some new music too. That's fantastic. Thank you again so much, buddy, for coming on. It's really been a pleasure. I look forward to having you on in the future. Remember, you promised, man. So you got to come on when that single comes out. Oh, I can't wait! I can't wait. <laughs> Let's do it again. Life Box Media Show with right here with Mr. Billy Lord, and we are out.